And I spread a song so you can sing along With my special guest star or two You like to sing and dance And this podcast by chance Explores musicals for you Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a bestie of the pod who I think is trying to get back at me, is Ariana Armand, everyone! Woo! Hi! How are ya? I'm good. It's not that I'm trying to get back at you, it's that I, I need a broader place to discuss how bad this movie, well, this show is. I need a platform. But honestly, um, while watching it, I was like, is she still trying to get back at me for Arya? That was that was my mistake. I mean, I apologize to you profusely on that episode. No, because I thought we should do this one before Arya came into the picture. Got it. Um, okay. okay. Yeah, because this one is just so, I mean, it's really good if you're drunk. Uh, I, I recommend um, even listening to this podcast, maybe, maybe get a little drunk. And that's the only way to make any of this make sense. Yeah. And we're here today to talk about... The 2012 Melbourne production of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Love Never Dies. <laughs> the fact that it's called Andrew, I mean, it's re- it, it's really just called Love Never Dies. But right. because on when I watched when I had to rent this on Prime, I had to give this thing money. Um yep. It says Andrew Lloyd Webber's Love Never Dies, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe this isn't something you should be proud of, but well, we're gonna we're gonna blast him. He, he like, well, I, I mean, the first thing to know about this show is that in the process of writing it, at some point, his cat stepped on his computer and deleted the whole thing, and that should have been the end right there. <laughs> this is well, also why he now has a dog and no longer has cats. No, no, actually, no, actually, that is not why. No, he actually, the Cats movie is why he no longer has cats. But I think this was like the first step towards that. Yeah, this, but this was before the Cats movie. So we can't blame that. Anyway, um, the book by Andrew Lloyd Webber, Ben Elton, Glenn Slater. Who wrote Blackadder? So like you would think, uh, Ben Elton wrote on Blackadder, which is a freaking brilliant show. So you'd think, you'd (laughs) think. Uh, Glenn Slater and Frederick Forsyth, who didn't have the foresight to do to not write this, uh, music by Andrew Lloyd Webber, lyrics by Glenn Slater. Okay, so this Melbourne production mm-hmm. is the stage production is directed by Simon Phillips, but the movie version, quote unquote, the, the pro shot of it is directed by Brett Sullivan, mm-hmm. and. According to S. Williams dash four eight 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 six on IMDb, I'm giving this person the credit because God bless them. Yeah. Um, Ten years has passed since the fire broke out in Paris, leaving only a mask behind. As love as the love story continues in Coney Island, New York. <laughs> Sorry, it's just. Oh, so I funny. know. Oh, I know. The Phantom's undying love has grown for the soprano singer Christine Daae. Christine, her 10-year-old son, Gustave, and her husband, Raoul, the Vicomte Vicom- de Chagny. De Chagny, thank you. French is You're not welcome. my strong suit. Um, travel to Coney Island, where Christine is, is scheduled to sing <laughs> for Hammerstein, but ends up singing for the mysterious Mr. Y. 
They don't know what lies ahead. Christine and Eric confess about their past. Christine and Raul reunite with old friends and Christine sings for her mysterious masked man once more. Um, Hammerstein, is that supposed to be Oscar Hammerstein? I, bla- yes. I, 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 I like dozed off for a hot second during this. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not Oscar Hammerstein, the one you know from Oscar, uh, for, from uh, Roger Rogers Hammerstein. It's the father. Oh, okay. It's, okay, previous, okay. it's the previous Hammerstein. Yes, because um, that so, Hammerstein yeah. from Rogers and Hammerstein is the second. Right. But so, Ham- like, Hammerstein isn't a character, at least in this production. He's he's not. Well, and and I think it was changed to Hammerstein for this production. If I'm if I'm remembering correctly, did he was Hammerstein was not involved in the first in the London production. Now we do have to mention like two things here. Number one. Uh, Glenn Slater is a lyricist. Um, please remember that this is the man who brought us uh, positivity. So brought that's us just what? Positivity. I don't know that one. It's from the Little Mermaid stage production. Oh, uh, I got. I understand now. Yeah. Got it. So, like, just just like keep that in the back of your mind. Like, that's the yeah. Um, and then Frederick Forsyth. So Frederick Forsyth was not actually involved in this production. Frederick Forsyth was originally supposed to be the source material for this uh he wrote a book called the phantom of manhattan uh at the behest of andrew lloyd weber many years ago <laughs> uh which i did read when it came out um and as bonkers as this show is there's some even more bonkers things that we may have to talk about as this goes on from that novel that thank god did not make it into this show <laughs> <laughs> um, so so it's like it's like based like he had nothing to do with the show per se, but like the concept idea is like loosely taken from his novel that Andrew Lloyd Webber kind of collaborated or commissioned him to write or something like that. <laughs> this is so dumb. Oh so, my god, no, it get it gets crazier. So uh, okay. oh, if you are if you are drinking, um, if you are listening along and drinking, um, fun, fun drinking game. Uh anytime we say the words 10 years in any context or coney island or coney island drink you will be so drunk by the end of this and oh same God. thing if you if you when you're watching the if you if you like lose your mind and watch this drink <laughs> anytime 10 years anytime 10 years is said and especially and, and if they say 10 years old two shots oh my god yes and you will be so drunk anytime they sing coney island it's never not funny it's oh, always god, funny it's, it's ridiculous also, Mr. Y, when I, so... Nobody picked up on this? So, like, on the way over? <laughs> um, I read that in the summary before I watched the show, and I just went, are you kidding? Like, mm-hmm. nobody tried. The other thing, too, is that... He was, okay. initially mis- he was initially Mr. X, which makes it, like, slightly worse that they changed it to Mr. Y. Mr. X at least makes it sound not like it's mystery. Like Which is why they changed it to Mr. Y. That was not that, that was, was like that not, was dumb. That was that, not a mistake. That was not like this was let us hit you over the head. Oh my god. Also let and, us hit you over the head. Also with this, they're like, we're horror. Ooh, spooky. Ooh. Sideshow attractions in Coney Island drink. Mm-hmm exactly like you will be this this is like the this show is the best drinking game (laughs) um so okay first of all 
first of all. <laughs> Christine, Raul, The Phantom, Madame Giri, and Meg Giri. They're all supposed to be French, correct? Correct. Okay. Why <laughs> why is it that the ringmaster of the Coney Island drink, uh circus or whatever, is the only one with a French accent? <laughs> yeah. See, and, and like this is where because I think we've had this discussion in, in another podcast about accents and about why shows that take place in a foreign country everybody has a british accent yeah. standard british accent it's because it would sound stupid if oh we're in france but we're we all speaking with a french accent i think we talked about this with the phantom movie because i was so pissed off about madame jury and that um and and you we all know i've done yeah. phantom twice now and if somebody wants to do a second chance of love never dies i'm going to punch them in the face this show, this show doesn't deserve a second chance. Sorry, it does guys, not. It does, does not, not deserve you get a second chance. One, and we're done with it. Because, dear God, it's not that I'm mad at the show. Because, like, like you know how I feel about Phantom. Okay. I, ha- I, I am not a fan of it, but I understand that it has a huge fan base. I understand that, like. It was written in the 80s, so there was a lot of synth music involved. That overture is, like, so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. I I know, and you can't deny this, I know Andrew Lloyd Webber stole music from other people. Oh, no, no question. That's, that's yes. like, not even, yeah, no, I'm not, I, yes. I am not defending that in any way, shape, or form, Great. ever. Great, but I, un- I, I, underst- I understand, though, like, that one at least has the source material of the... LaRue novel it follows it pretty closely I feel like they changed some details here and there but nothing major um but this is based off of nothing really Mm -hmm. um he didn't steal I feel like he didn't steal from anybody which is a shame because musically oh no there we will talk about how much music he stole in this oh really okay because they were like the only one there oh no uh so so first of all the only we'll one that sounded the we'll only one that it. sounded like mm-hmm. it was stolen was Till I Hear You Sing, the very first song that the Phantom sings. Yeah. See, and that one that one, the only thing I hear is in the beginning, uh, I hear Minotti. I hear something I hear I don't know what I hear, but I'm like, uh-huh. I know this at the very end. I know I know this song. But yeah. um and then it got me wondering, I was just like, okay, so I really like Jesus Christ Superstar. I understand phantom i get that he that andrew Lloyd weber tricked people into giving him billions of dollars for cats what happened so this i mean my opinion and the opinion of a few other people is this was his attempt phantom was his biggest success obviously it ran for 35 years on broadway and only closed because cameron mcintosh is a douche but us and it's running for what like 30 almost yeah, 40 years in the west end right it's still running on the west end there's still there's a world tour out now there's you know the italian production just came out uh, there's a spanish like it's running um so he's never had anything as successful as phantom of the opera no. and there's this feeling that he was kind of trying to capitalize on that like he doesn't quite understand why phantom is the success that it is Therefore, just like taking those characters and like plopping them somewhere else and like continue 
continuing the story that did not need to be continued, um, he was going to have that success again. There was also speculation at one point that his goal eventually was to have Phantom running at the Majestic here and then to open Love Never Dies across the street at the St. James so that you'd have like, it would be like a, a two night thing, like the full Phantom story that you could go uh, one night to Phantom and the next like, night to Love Never Dies. Like Angels in America in a way? Right. Why? 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 I don't know why. I, I, and, and, you know, the audience wasn't having it. I mean, we had a U.S. tour and we were not happy. <laughs> oh, this actually came to America. Oh, yeah. No, there was a U.S. tour. That's, that's how we got Megan Pacerno in, on, uh, in Phantom on Broadway is she oh. was Christine on the tour of Love Never Dies. And then. Well, so Love Never Dies premiered in February 2010 in the West End. And was a very different production. And apparently it was a very different production they so terrible <laughs> it then went to australia in 2011 which is the one that we watched right um and then it was in copenhagen vienna tokyo hamburg then there was the u.s u.s national tour and then there was a world tour and then in 2023 the world there tour was... is still happening i get yeah i'm i'm just like blasting through it oh, through yeah. the wikipedia page and then there was a concert version in 2023 mm-hmm. um and there are, there's a concept album version, which I think is the one, the list I sent you. Right. And then there's the London production that has its own track listing. And then there's the Melbourne one, which is the one that is now right. the, and the, the version. Right. And the cast album and the London production are very similar. There's not a lot of differences there. Um, And if you're like really psychotic, you can go read the blog I wrote when the cast album first came out where I just like eviscerated it. (laughs) It, it's just so, it's just so bad. It's so bad. Like it. So, okay. I was kind of here for, Madame Giri turning into like an evil Mama Rose. I was here for that. That never happened. I was, there was one song I will actually say that I think I liked. (laughs) Although I was laughing at it when it first started happening. Mm -hmm. And that's The Beauty Underneath. Okay, that is a guilty pleasure for me because it is a ridiculous song. But it's it's on my playlist. Like it's on it's on my shuffle list. Because uh, it starts. So okay, I said Phantom had the synth pop, the yeah. synthesizer. This also had synthesizer for no reason. This was throwback to I want Phantom to be a rock opera, but I never quite made that happen. So we're just gonna kind of like throw a little bit of rock opera something in there. And so, like, when the beauty underneath starts with the synthesizer, and there's, like, a lot... It's a guitar. It's not an electric guitar. Well, then, but there's also the... And then the synth comes in under that. It's like... Yeah. But there's also, like, that one synth note that's played throughout the whole show, the bum, 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 Oh, yeah, it's that Phantom title theme. Yes. Bass line. But the beauty underneath, I was like, this is what the music should have been. Right. Like, wanted the whole show... If we're gonna go that shit crazy, let's just go. Um, also, 
refresh my memory on Phantom of the Opera. He, sure. This 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 show that he wrote, the Don mm-hmm. Juan, whatever. Yeah. It's not good, right? Or it's not supposed to be good. It's it's not that it's not good or it's not supposed to be good. It's that it's if you listen to it, it's dissonant. It's like a very That's it's it. it's a kind of like a more modern sound, like a compared to the Meyer beer operas that they were performing at the time. It, it's it's like a more modern sounding. It's 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 not something you've heard before. It's not necessarily that it's supposed to be bad, but it's supposed to be completely different from anything you've ever heard on the opera stage before. So you're saying in ten years he decided to change gears? <laughs> Apparently, yeah. In ten years he decided to go from like dissonant atonal weirdness to uh sweeping Puccini-esque melodic. Um and also Refresh my memory. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't he like murder people? Right. And there are no <laughs> murders in this show. But no, like no murders in this one. Well, no, there is one. But is there? Yeah, on accident. Oh, oh, oh that oh yeah, duh, yes. I I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking Phantom Murders. I'm thinking Punjab Lasso. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. He he definitely murdered two people, right? At least it, two people. Yeah. It was the there was a stagehand. If mm-hmm. I remember correctly, yeah, and then and, and Pianji. Yes. Um. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like people forgot about that in this show. Yeah. No. Like that. Yeah. That that didn't happen. Like, that, that, I and like that's that's a whole lot of what this show is to me. Is did we not see the first show? Well, and also, <laughs> I mean, I wrote why a lot in my notes during this to be like why. Mm-hmm. Why this? Why, why Coney Island? Why? 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 Why does this exist? Um, but I feel like why are... I, I don't understand why the Jiris are still attached to Fant- the Phantom. Like this... Okay, so like this is one of the... Uh, 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 here's the, pro- here's the, like, the biggest problem with this show. None of the characters are the same. Like none of the characters transitions make sense there is a very popular trope in fan fiction for phantom that after christine leaves like meg finds him and and saves him and like meg falls in love with him and they fall in love and they and they have a relationship is that what he based this on don't tell me that that's what he based this on please tell me that no like he this is his own personal fanfic okay i mean because you cannot you i've read better fanfic um because you cannot tell me that this is not him. Like, you kind of don't want to say, because he's, he's like, he's remarried now and, and they seem happy and whatever. But there's also kind of this, like, is this not his way of his his fantasy about getting back with Sarah Brightman? That's well, yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Thank you. Because I was, I was thinking that. I was like, okay, so he wrote Phantom for Sarah Brightman. For Sarah Brightman. So, ergo, he is Eric the Phantom and right. she is Christine Day. Christine. And he did play this stuff for her, like, before he published it. And she kind of laughed and said, well, this is kind of, this is interesting, Andrew, you know. But, but like, like if you don't see the connection here, and, and like I said, you kind of, in a way, I don't want to go there because I know he's remarried and, and they've been together forever and they have kids and, and it seems like, you know, they're happy. I mean, I don't know, you know, they're not. I want to get, I want to show but, proof that I actually did. I'm sharing the screen right now for the audience, for uh, listeners. And if you can see here, does Andrew Lloyd Webber hate women? <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's that's a valid question because, like, if you look at the, but it, so if you look at the way the show and the, the first show, 
And I'm sorry, the first is... show is all about redemption and learning to love and learning to let go. Mm-hmm. So the show ends with, as I, I've always said, the Phantom is not in love with Christine. He wants to possess and control her until the moment she hands him the ring back in the finale of the first show. And, and then he says, Christine, I love you. And that's where he says that and actually means it. It's not a control possession thing because he's learned to let her go. You know, if you love something, set it free. Mm-hmm. Christine grows a backbone in the first show. yeah, And it kind of depends on the actress who plays her uh, as to how, how much you see this. But like going through wishing and going and and going through the final layer where she stands up to him and she you know she like grows a backbone and she stands up for herself and she takes control but also she doesn't love him no no and and there are are definitely people who will argue this point but no no my my whole thing he he has her in kind of a hypnotized state and, you know, is playing on her, her loss of her father. and Yeah, because you know, she thinks it's her father right, or whatever. Right. And, and so there, there is a, a, I think she has a sympathy and an empathy for him. Uh, I think there is some kind of love there, but it's not a romantic love. She's not in love with him. So when did they fuck? <laughs> right. <laughs> so according to how this goes... He lets her go. She goes off with Raul. Raul and she and she are going to get married and live happily ever after. And then apparently she had second thoughts, and somehow she came back and found him after like the mob came and supposedly like you know tore up his underground lair or something. And apparently they had a a crazy night of passion um which i find very unlikely since wait when was that a 40 year old virgin when Um, was that said i I don't remember that being said at all in this production there's a whole six minute song about it oh i may have been on my phone not paying attention (laughs) which one was it It, it's uh beneath them in the sky it's like oh i was (laughs) not paying attention at that point of I touched you and I held you and I loved you and then at the end and then and then we we, we woke I woke up in the morning and you were gone because he felt so much shame for I'm like oh, no no oh and, no I sorry I did kind of pay attention because I wrote down why yeah. is she acting like he's an ex that she just can't get rid of and not the murderer he is right yeah no so oh and this is and this is where we get into where uh the first uh bit of music that was stolen um so if you pay attention to Beneath Them in the Sky, it's actually Cell Block Tango. <laughs> it's Cell Block Tango. You cannot tell me otherwise. Oh, you cut you kind of cut out there. Sorry. I missed okay. your singing. Oh, that's okay. That's it's whatever. But it's Cell Block Tango. <laughs> it's Cell Block okay so he's still he's stealing from candor and Eb. who else did he steal from in this uh so he also stole from so this the song bathing beauty yeah uh is it bathing beauty no not bathing beauty the one before that uh no no it is bathing beauty bathing beauty on that that is a combination of pet me papa from the guys and dolls film and the bunny hop well and also bathing beauty so this is supposed to take place when so originally it was 1910 
But I think when we were watching it the other day, it said like 1907. Okay, so the term bathing beauty wasn't actually added in the dictionary until 1915 because Max Sennett, who is a um, silent film director, created the Sennett Bathing bathing Beauties, Mm -hmm. which were just women in bathing costumes. And by bathing costumes, I mean like... um, swimwear of yeah, the time like, yeah like the 1920s you know that that 1920s kind of skirt yes with navy. bloomers and yeah, things bloomers. like that yeah. and they would do like little dances on beaches and everything so mm-hmm. when bath- when bathing beauty happened here i was like what the fuck <laughs> where are we <laughs> is it also a little bit of lovely ladies bathing be- oh no 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 no, it, it's it's Pet Me Papa and and uh, Bunny Hop. Yikes! <laughs> I'm hap- I'm not happy I watched it, but I'm happy I watched it, and it's with you because yeah. I'm no, never. I'm saying it again. I'm never doing this show again. Oh, because like the crazy, because the crazy thing about this is like the rabid diehard fans of this. There are fans of this. Oh my god, they're like they're they're crazy. They're. <laughs> god, I hope nobody's listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, none of those people are listening. So there was, yeah, no, there, there are people who because because like there's this weird fan base. But I shouldn't say weird fan base, but there's this fan base that thinks she should have gone with the Phantom. And there are so many reasons in the first show that she should not have gone with the Phantom. Um, but there are so many more reasons why she shouldn't go with him in this show. He murdered people. Exactly. He's a murderer. He was a gaslighting murderer, okay? I'm sorry. He was he's a manipulative gaslighting murderer. And this whole show boils down to like if you want to you want to know what the plot of this show is, here's the real plot of this show. Two men who claim to be in love with the same woman, having a pissing contest, gaslighting and emotionally abusing her for 2 hours. That is the plot of this show. Like when he made that, when Raul made that deal with the Phantom, mm-hmm. to be like, if she sings my song, you must leave her. But if you two leave and she doesn't sing my song, I'll pay off your debts. I'm like, bitch, go tell, go tell Christine those, 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 right. those terms because she'll but be like, oh, yeah. we're out of debt. Okay, goodbye. We're not telling Christine what because 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 she's choose, choosing between the two of them, although she doesn't know. I'm sorry. I'm under contract to sing this song. It's one song. We get a paycheck. We're done. We go. We head over to the Metropolitan Opera, which is where we were supposed to be in the first place, and move on with our lives. Why? And, and he comes to the dressing room and is like, Christine, come on. We have to go. You need to leave with me now. And you're not giving her any kind of explanation. I think he does say something like, if you love me, you'll come with me now. I'm yes. Like, and I'm like, just tell and- her the terms. Just but, say if we leave now, right. Eric will get rid of our debts. It should be I'm like, sorry. yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, you you've gambled away our money. You're drunk. We have to get out of debt. I'm under contract. Why am I going to break my contract just because you're like, let's go? Does it he makes... know about Gustav? Not until not until the end. Not until the end. Um, I'm like, I'm like that, and that's the other thing. Okay, look, everybody, drink. 10 years old um so first of all that's not how pregnancy like 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 they're like very clear that this is exactly 10 years after the final layer from the first so he would actually be nine not 10 right because that's not how that's not how biology works 
Um, so his his he's got three criteria for why this child is his. He's musically inclined. And he, like he plays like a little melody on the piano. He's like, he plays just like me. I'm like, he's plunking a melody. I can do that. And I can't <laughs> play piano for shit. Okay. Let's not forget mom's like a world-class opera singer. All right. Um, and it, it's not in the show or anything, but I mean, if you read the original novel, Raoul was taking violin lessons from Christine's father when they were kids. So like Raoul maybe has some musical ability too. Um, you know, I mean, I sing professionally. My father can't carry a tune in a bucket. My father, no musical ability at all. Right. My mom's got musical ability. My mom's side of the family has musical ability. My father's like none. So, but it's not a, it's, it's not, not a, it's not an indicator. Yeah. It's, it's not, not an a, indicator. It, it's a, it's a learned hobby. Right. No, it's not an or indicator of birth. Second thing that he's got going for him or is this kid it likes dark, creepy, scary stuff. He's okay. a 10 year old boy. They all do. That's, <sighs> that's just 10 year old boy. <laughs> and you know, and and third is t- he's ten years old. Uh, so so these these are the clues that point to paternity here. We 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 slept well, together once, and I left you, and apparently I left you pregnant. No. Okay. Okay. Plus, Gustav is a little shit. <laughs> I'm gonna the say child, the child is annoying. I mean, I, I'm. I normally hate kids in movies, and this is right. not helping because he's no. always he. I don't know. I don't. I think he wasn't well written. Like I don't want to blame the actor. Nobody, nobody was well written in that. I mean, I mean, you can't. It, nobody was well written in this. I mean, I don't. I don't blame any of the actors. No, I mean, you've got a lot of like. That's the frustrating thing is there's so much talent on that stage, and they are giving there's so much talent, and they are working. They are doing the best they can with whatever this hot mess is. Whatever. I... Um, it is a hot mess. But like, so at, at the end of Act One, during the Phantom confronts Christine, when Madame Giri comes out, I'm like, okay, well, this is at least something. Like, right. It felt like I felt like we were going somewhere, but the fact that it's Meg who loses her goddamn mind. I like the whole thing here is like Madame Giri in the original show was kind of the keeper of the secrets. Like she knew what was going on more than anybody else. Not that she knew everything. Uh, but she knew where he was. She knew his past. And her whole thing was protecting Christine from him. So yes. now we have, in the beginning of this, this show early on, we have this whole, uh, again, like this 10-minute rant of Madame Giri about how how dare Christine come back here? Where, where was she? She abandoned him. You were getting her away from him. That was kind of your whole thing. You know, she abandoned him. We were here. We've been here for him. And now he's bringing her back here. And how dare he? And, you know, and you're just like, wait a minute. Well, is... Wait a minute. He he must have heard that she was coming. Is it that he heard that she was coming to New York to meet Hammerstein and then got her into the Coney Island show or whatever? What... If I remember, what happens is is she gets the contract from Hammerstein, and then somehow he intercepts her at the at the tray, or his his minions intercept her, uh, and Mr. they think they're going to meet. Why? Yeah, they think they're going to meet Hammerstein. They don't in the in the London production. They're always going to meet Mister X. Um, 
so so Hammerstein was was a creation for this version of the show. Sure. Um and and so the so first of all, you think Hammerstein sent like circus freaks to come take you to the Metropolitan Opera? Well, in uh like in, they buy into it. <laughs> well, it's also a horseless drawn carriage or horseless right. carriage. So right, I'm like I'm like all the signs were here. Like there's no like the, you really. I, I mean, Hammerstein had a reputation. You know, I I don't. I I think if, if this is the kind of court court. Uh, uh, whatever entourage he was getting, sending. Yeah, yeah. If this is the entourage he was sending out to meet all his guest artists, you'd know about this. You know, like like this would not. This is not like something that this this. So Phantom is like the P.T. Barnum of Coney Island. Also, um, the fact that I, we're in. Sorry, sorry to interrupt yeah, you, but the fact that yeah. we're in New York. Yeah. Also throws me. Like, I get it that we're going to the Metropolitan Opera, but, like, if we were going to London instead, I feel like it would have been a better setting. Yes, you, we don't have the, we won't have Coney Island, but I'm pretty sure there's still some circus around there or something. Well, like, the whole, the whole idea of the Phantom running a freak show always never sat right with me. Because, I mean, if you go back to the source material, if you go back to Laurel he was in a sideshow and and was mistreated in a sideshow why i mean maybe yeah okay maybe he's treating his freaks better but it makes no sense that he would then run a sideshow to me like that just feels like just a weird choice um also in this pro shot no one's singing live correct um no i think they are it looked like some of them i mean they were all mics I mean, it's possible. I mean, well, I mean, it's it's also possible that they that they took sound through the the board and worked it, you know, touched worked, touched it up a little bit. Yeah, because it, it. I mean, it, I don't know how. I don't know that you can get a clean, totally clean. The woman who is in the as uh, as part of the, like the lackeys for Phantom, mm-hmm. um, her and Gustav. I don't know. They sounded too clean. They sounded like it was in, they were in a booth or something. I mean, it, it's possible that they didn't get clean sound and they went back and, and ADR'd. Um, I don't know. Um, or that they pulled sound. Well, the other thing. And cleaned it up. The other thing, too, that bothered me is that only three times throughout the whole goddamn thing, film, film that we hear an audience. Yeah. There's all, it's, it's, or four times. There's, uh, I believe we hear them until I hear you sing. We hear them at the end of act one. Uh, we hear them again, applaud after the titular song, love never dies where she, she fucking looks like a peacock and I'm not, I'm kind of here for it, but I'm not. at the I, I kind of love that dress. Like, like this, this show visually is fantastic. stunning. And then Gorgeous. we hear, and then we hear them applaud at the end. And I'm like, okay, well, they're obviously holding for applause at points or mm-hmm. a reaction of sorts, but there is no audience. So like, like with Hamilton, um, there is an audience there, but like with yeah. Diana, there is zero audience interaction. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, what's with this weird middle ground? Like, pick one. Like, I'd rather yeah. have an audience. Do it if, yeah. with an audience, please. 
I mean, if judge it, so I did see this when they did the the movie theater, you know, the Fathom events uh-huh. back in 2012 when when they originally released it. And if the audience reaction I was in the middle of was anything to go on, um, you probably don't want that on oh. recording. Why did they boo? Well, they didn't boo, but there were a lot. Well, let's see. Uh, when she faints in the beginning after he comes in, everybody laughed. Like it's... it was like there was like inappropriate laughter, you know, in, in all kinds of places. And yeah, it was the, uh, when they it's first a hot mess. when one of the um, when one of the circus people are like at Cody Isle. I was like, no, we yeah. never we, we don't, don't say Isle. It's Coney Island. It's Cody but, Island. But, you know, that that didn't fit the musical phrase, so it's Pony Island. Da, 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 da. Well. <laughs> I don't even think that's in that this version. I think that's the London version. <laughs> what? And so much of it, and so much of it, sounds like Sunset Boulevard. Also, and Woman w- in White. Meg Meg Giri, mm-hmm. She's headlining this show, mm-hmm. but like they make it sound the like ooh la la girl. They make it sound like she's the one who is internationally known. Like Meg, <laughs> Meg, Meg is like Meg is like the star attraction of Coney Island, which you know, okay, she's like the cute bathing beauty. Um, all that yeah. ballet training, down, all that, ba- down all the that ballet training, and she's doing quick change costumes during that number. I was just like. You were in the court of ballet. You were. Your mom was your biggest like trainer, being like, "No, gotta do it again. Gotta do it right." From what I remember, yeah. I mean, I might also be putting my own spin on it, but like, Madame Giry to me from Phantom does feel like the stage mom who is on top of their shit. Yeah. Doesn't feel like she's the one who's trying to like impose herself into the story or anything like that. She's the one who's like, no, no, you have to practice. We made, yeah. we made a deal. You're practicing. She's, yeah, she's like, she, I mean, she's the ballet mistress. She's her, her whole thing is making sure her baller, ballerinas are on their game and doing what, and and it's probably a little bit harder on Meg because Meg is her daughter, and you know, don't embarrass me. You and know? don't, I, I'm not showing nepotism because you. Right. You are earning your spot. I'm not giving right. it to you. Right. Exactly. Like you have to work harder than everybody else because you have something to prove. Yes. This you know. Oh it just and, and and yeah, and like the whole like and then the whole like Meg is now like this desperate obsessive I mean, Meg is the phantom in this. Yeah, all of a sudden <laughs> at the end when so he has the phantom has the threatening presence. Yeah. But he doesn't back it up like he did in the first one when he murdered people. No, no, he's just he's just like this obsessive, crazy man. Nothing makes sense. Like none of the character arcs make sense. They've all regressed from where they were at the end of the first show. But also PTSD in a way. Yes, and all and there's like PTSD like crazy. I mean. Raul is all of a sudden like questioning how worthy he is of Christine because well he's become I mean he's got become a gambling drunkard and and it's just like well where did that come from like well what? at least he feels like <laughs> he is feeling the consequences of what happened right so although yes he's questioning things like at least 
his story continued, it felt like. Although, yes, um, now Christine is such a internationally known singer, somehow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I went through the events of Phantom of the Opera, I might be like, I'm going to give up singing. <laughs> Goodbye. Right. Well, and, and, and if you go to LaRoe and you read the ending of LaRoe, it's, uh, you know, they don't know what happened to her. She she and Raul, they suspect, went back to Sweden or, you know, somewhere up north to, like, live a quiet life together. You know, because, yeah, you want to... You want to get on stage after all that? That, that like the PTSD to go on stage after all that happens has would, got to be crazy. I would probably sing at church and that's it. Or right. you know, hum hum a little tune at family parties or something. Like I will I don't yeah. I don't yeah, know why I, she's now a internationally known soprano. Right, cuz cuz apparently, you know, and and like there's, you know, there's also questions about like, you know, was that really her dream to be a singer or was that like her fulfilling her father's dream and legacy and then fulfilling the phantoms? But again, this is Andrew Lloyd Webber basing it off of his relationship. With I, I like Brightman. yeah, no, I'm I'm like I'm convinced this has definitely has at least something to do with his relationship with Sarah Brightman. Uh, you know, and people are like, "Oh no, he's moved on." I'm like, "Did you see? Did you see at the 25th? Did you see the 25th anniversary concert? And like during the bows, when when they all come out, and do you see him like hang on to Sarah Brightman during the curtain call? Like, like, like it's like, and she's kind of like, okay, I'm just gonna move over here. No, like, no, this is and this is my first time watching this, and I felt that way. I was like, oh, this is clearly, this mm-hmm. is. He's clearly Eric, and he's trying to show, no, no, I am the good guy. Ha, 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 just a little misunderstood. Right, and there was, there was like, no, there was no redemption here. Like, like I said, if anything, I mean, granted, you know, he doesn't murder anybody in this, but he's even worse because, he, like, the gaslighting is terrible. The emotional beauty. I, I, he's saying at the end of the, once he figures out that it's his kid, you know, you stay here and sing or I'm taking the kid, you know, I mean, come on. Yeah, because in Beautiful, that's when the Phantom steals Gustav, right? Yes. Um, yeah, well, he doesn't really steal him. He like take, He's going to take him on a tour, and then they find Beauty Underneath, and they sing Beauty Underneath. And, and but they I just was, don't know where, yeah. It, it's. But what was his original intent with Gustav? It, his original intent was just to, to like show him around, because like, I think he did, like in the beginning, before he realized it, it, it's not his, before he came up with this theory that it was his kid it was just like well this is part of christine and he's interested in these things and i'm and and he he's not at this point he's not afraid of me and he wants to, to go see everything that's on coney island so he's just giving him like the grand tour of coney island then he makes this connection of this is my kid and how dare she not tell me i'm sorry you disappeared for 10 years drink you should have um, you should have been dead and not on coney island Right. Like we all, we all thought you, everybody thought you were dead. How was she supposed to like seek you out? You abandoned, supposedly you had a big, long one night fling. You left while she was still sleeping, disappeared to God knows where, how, we don't have cell phones. How is she supposed to track you down and be like, Hey, by the way, I'm pregnant and it's yours. Um, Like, how was she supposed, like, like he, he's, his whole thing is being able to like disappear and not be found and so when he disappears and she can't find him, of course she's going to pass it off as Raul's kid. Come on! <laughs> um, can we talk more about the beauty underneath, by the way? Because oh I, I don't... God, yes. 
I love those people in the prisms. <laughs> the the they're they're in glass cages basically, and they yes. are they are all sideshow attractions. And I have no idea what they're saying. <laughs> I don't think they're set. I I think it's all just kind of vocalization. I I think there is some kind of like beauty underneath repetition. But well, I so think it's I think it's I, all just like vocalization. I don't think it's like any lyric. I don't think they're lyrics. actually saying any like no. I think they are saying words potentially, but we don't hear them. So right. I'm just like, okay, are you trying to say help me? Are you singing along? What's going on? Because it's right. we, there was a weird moment where it's like you see one of their one of them move their mouths and everything, mm-hmm. and there is like a choral moment happening in the song, but the mouth movement and what's being heard are two yeah. different things. So I was like, okay, so now I'm fucking with, my brain is fucking with me. Yeah, like I mean, I, th- I think it's just kind of a ba 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 kind of thing. It's not I don't right, think but it's actually worse. But they're but they're saying like help me or oh no or whatever. Right, like, right. The movement which, of their which, mouth yeah. was not following the sound. Which, and it was, which may yeah, which may have just been like a a you're trapped, you want to get out, you know, kind of but also, what Direction. was that skeleton? What was that skeleton creature? Was it two skeletons fucking? What's going on here? Who's fucking? Know. Everybody, apparently. <laughs> Meg, Christine. Apparently, Raoul's the only one who's not getting it. Oh, oh, okay. Re- remember, I said the Frederick Forsyth novel. Okay, so here is how. This is not particularly definitive about is this the phantom's child just be it's it's all just like kind of conjecture and, and everybody i mean everybody's like yes it's the phantom's child in the forsyth novel there is definitive proof that it's eric's child okay. we know it's not raul's child because madame jury was apparently with raul this, at this time or came across raul when he was like walking through a back alley somewhere and set upon by footpads who um shot him and unmanned him wait what yeah she killed him no 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 he didn't die uh but he was shot in such a way that um he was rendered impotent oh and madame jiri knows this because she apparently like found him and saved him wait i'm sorry i'm sorry wait a second (laughs) back up for a hot second yeah in phantom of the opera you're saying no in the Phantom of Manhattan, which Phantom this Manhattan. is loosely based on, the novel that this is loosely based on, the Fred Forsyth novel. It is revealed in a flashback, yeah, or something, yeah, that Raoul was shot in the nuts, yeah, and M- Madame Giry knew about this because she found him like bleeding out in the alleyway or something. Who it's shot been years him? since I've, re- yeah, uh, footpads. He was like, he was like being mugged oh okay yeah i understand yeah yeah he was like being mugged was shot in the nuts was shot in in the nether regions therefore is either shooting blanks or can't get it up at all i'm not really sure which um and so and so and madame jiri knows this so like this is how madame jiri knows that the kid is the phantoms and um and and raul in in that novel is he's not a drunk he's not gambling he's like this very shy quiet guy um and and he's he's useless um he's like a non-entity in that book um, but, but yeah that's how you know in in that not that I'm, I'm just grateful they didn't go that route uh 
in the show, but it it would have worked. It would have been better, I think. It would have been a little bit more. It would have, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the this still kind of kind of leaves it up to you. Is it really his kid? Is it not? Well, no. I guess Christine does kind of at the end admit that it it's definitely his kid. But the definitiveness in the book is very different from the definitiveness. Wow, everyone. <laughs> Wow. I wish you could all see John's face right now. <laughs> I I can't I can't with this. Oh no! It's 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 the book. It, like like I said, I have read better fanfic. I have read I've read some pretty damn good fanfic. Um, and when you're Andrew Lloyd Webber, and you, again, you've got Ben Elton. Like you can get whoever you like. You can get whoever you want. You're Andrew Lloyd Webber. You've even got though, more money than God. Even though and, some of your stuff isn't great, right? You, like this just goes I don't I don't know where to go anymore with this I think I'm done let's go into Shark <laughs> I, unless you have anything else you oh, want wait, to we, ha- we have to we have to talk about uh how, how it ends right so <laughs> so Meg abducts I'm gonna Gustav. I'm gonna describe it I'm gonna just gonna, yeah, okay, just gonna describe, describe it. it Meg abducts Gustav while Christine is singing the Phantom song aria or whatever mm-hmm. um she's going to potentially drown him but everyone shows up to the dock except for raul because raul left he bounced and she doesn't throw she doesn't throw gustav in the water she then pulls a gun out tries to kill phantom tries to kill herself ends up shooting christine on accident and then runs away with her mom uh, Christine admits to Gustav that the Phantom's her father is his father, and then Christine he runs off being like, "Fuck this, I don't care. <laughs> He's not my dad." And then she dies in his arms, mm-hmm. dies in the it, Phantom's arms in in ground operatic fashion, because um, clearly she has been shot, and yet she sings. <laughs> and like. I, I had a friend over here with me watching it who'd never seen it before, and she's like, "How is she singing?" I said, "I know, because if you, it's there's no, yeah, because like, there's no blood, there's no any anything, but like clearly, like she's been shot in the stomach, so like she's got no diaphragm, she's got no breath support, but oh my god, is she floating some gorgeous high notes?" Although with the, like... the the bar that like breaks on the set piece, so the on the dock set piece, I was mm. like. It's pretty cool that that broke. I'm not sure if it was supposed to or not, but like, what uh, is it? Oh, did it break so we can see them? Mm-hmm. So we didn't have that. Oh, fuck you! Right, right. Okay. Like this whole thing, and she's just, she's just singing beautifully as she as she dies. Um, and it's like, and you're just like, I'm sorry, what? I can't. I can't believe that this is actually oh, real. I know, and like it. Like like I said, it did not do well here uh, on tour, but like it's got like this incredibly rapid fan base that like when it was in production, when it was like being talked about, people were just like losing their minds over it. And I was like, talk. Ah. This is like those movies that are now coming out, well, like the Disney movies where they're trying to empathize the villains of their old yes. cartoons. Yes. Like let's let's give you a let's give you a reason why this villain is the villain. No, 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 they're just the villain. I Maleficent so, is my favorite villain because she's just mad that she didn't get invited to a party, and now we're gonna give her this whole crazy backstory. We don't need it. 
follow me on this chain of thought. Okay. I think Andrew Lloyd Webber did Phantom of the Opera because he saw the success of Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber's Fleet Street, and was like, I could write a horror musical and make billions off of it. And he did. So then is it that he saw the success of Wicked and was like, oh, let me revisit Phantom and make him a more sympathetic character? No, Instead of doing a prequel, let's do a sequel. (laughs) No, I really think this came down to Phantom is the biggest success I've ever had. And after Phantom, he didn't, I mean... Sunset Boulevard didn't really do well. Aspects definitely did not do well. Well, Sunset Boulevard has a life. Yeah, it has a life, but it, but not, I mean, they didn't recoup. You know, they, they lost money on Sunset. I mean, partly right. because that set, you know, that set was so expensive. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, like, you know. it, it's been done before. But, yeah. Uh, there's talks of the movie, which we're still... Right, but but he but he did not have the success with anything post Phantom that he had with Phantom, and I think it really was him trying to figure out what it was about Phantom that made it so successful. And if I just take these characters and I write another show with these characters, mm-hmm. that's that's the formula, but and it's going to do well, and it did it. And and one of the things that I ask people who are like rabid diehard fans of this show if let's take this these characters and call them you know harry dick and sally let's take out all the phantom references let's just make it this love triangle story but we don't change anything about it like we 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 deal with these characters as they are like these horror these characters are horrible people if you take phantom out of it does this story work would you would you be in love with this story okay so there is no phantom relations to it so there's still a there's still colony island there's still the performance performative aspects of it right there's still the love triangle with one force being menacing and another yeah it would be menacing but you've got to take out like you know you you take out he's not deformed he's just no no he's you know he's the other suitor but he's like the bad guy right and the good suitor is the boyfriend partner whatever right so i don't know saying, we're just we, we've just got a love triangle story where again these men are fighting over this woman she has no autonomy she's just going with it and i don't know i feel her, like and like like without... i feel like it would just be a carbon copy of Phantom of the Opera. Because this is this is like a sequel remake in a way, where we're following right. similar beats of Phantom yeah. with this sequel. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just looking at it at his list of, of Andrew Lloyd Webber's list of credits and Oh Cinderella. <laughs> oh Cinderella. That oh, was then turned to Cinderella. bad Cinderella. <laughs> Well, and then I forgot he did School of Rock, which was fine. Which was fun. That it lasted was fun. a while. Yeah, I saw it um, a couple of times. I liked it. There's his version of The Wizard of Oz that happened in 2011 that I know now, or at least uh, like a few months ago, had a revival on the West End. Mm-hmm. So there you go. But, but it's not coming here. Not coming here. It did. Uh, it did actually. There was a tour in 2013. But who knows that? I mean, I didn't know that. 
Oh, and now and now Toto is a character in it. Oh, wait, what? Play, played by a human. Oh no. <gasps> oh yes. Oh no. Oh yes. Oh no. What was your West End break, Toto? <laughs> yeah, and so to go off what you're saying, aspects of love. I've never heard of that. Sunset Boulevard, like I said, has a life, but it's not mm-hmm. popular. Whistle Down the Wind was also a failure. Uh, be- the Beautiful Game, never heard of that, really. Ah, and, and Beautiful Game. So here, here's a, a fun little bit of connection to, to this show. The title theme, Love Never Dies, came out, was originally presented uh, in concert, sung by Kira Takanawa at Andrew Lloyd Webber's 50th birthday party. It was called The Heart is Slow to Learn, which I loved. It's okay. beautiful. Um, it's the version of it that I sing. Um, and at the time, it was like, oh, this is for the Phantom. This is before Love Never Dies was a thing. It was just, oh, we're writing a Phantom sequel. This is like the idea. And then it, like, it went away and it wa- and nobody heard about it again for a long time. Then he wrote The Beautiful Game. And because the Phantom sequel was at this time no longer happening, took The Heart is Slow to Learn and turned it into a song called Our Kind of Love, which is musically identical it's a lower key it's kind of a belty thing with penny whistles and and uh, i think hannah wadding Han, hannah waddingham sings it you can find it on youtube and it's actually pretty good um and then that show didn't do well and then the phantom sequel came back and it got rewritten again into love never dies and went into love never dies i don't know of any i could be wrong um but i don't know of any song that has been repurposed that way like not talking about like when they do like those uh like jukebox things where they take our Rogers the Hammerstein show and like uh-huh. pop it into a thing. Um a trunk show. I don't know of any show that has taken a song pretty much full form musically, taken the whole thing, just kind of done a little reorchestration and re lyric and been in two completely different shows as two different songs. Well looking at like no difference between it except the lyrics and the orchestrations are a little different. I'm looking at the beautiful game and it seems like it seems like a popular thing of his of Andrew Lloyd Webber mm-hmm. is to present the show, rework it, fix the title, and then present it again somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Hello, Bad Cinderella. Hello, Love Never Dies. So anyway, let's get into Sharp and Flat, shall we? Yes. Okay. Sharp. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. If we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. I'm going to start with sharps because surprisingly, I found some sharps in this whole thing. Oh no, there are. There are definitely some sharps. I only found two, really. Well, I lumped them all into two different things. Um, The cast and crew for doing their job. I'm sharpening mm-hmm. that. I'm sharpening them. And I'm also sharpening the costume and set designs. Like, they spent money. Oh, yeah. They spent a lot of money on that. And that's it, really. Yeah. <laughs> what no, about I, you? I, honestly, the same. Like, this is a, a fantastic cast. Like, the, the guy who played, like, the character's name is Squelch. You wouldn't know that from watching. <laughs> uh, yep. uh, but the, the, uh, the the henchman the 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 more heavy set one the bald one uh, i actually is... oh good sorry continue yeah so that's that's paul tabone who played pianji forever in in london and then in australia and then like like he's incredibly talented um 
you know, Anna Oburn is amazing. Like Ben Forrester, like the cast is top notch. Um, and, and I appreciate that. I, I I understand that they're supposed to be the sideshow attractions, mm-hmm. but like they actually cast various types of people. Yeah. And they didn't do that in London originally, which is also like a big change moving. Like they had, they had to really change the, the, the female henchman. Originally she was like this tall spelt, uh, like gorgeous character. And like her freakishness was like, she had a leg brace. <laughs> so they were like, yeah, we need to like actually. Do so. Do and when, and yeah. for those of you who didn't, who obviously aren't seeing every time, uh, we say freaks in this episode. We mean it with like quotes or quotes around right. it. Like we're not, I, I know um, we're like what an hour into this episode and I'm now saying this, but like, we don't mean freaks. It's just the term. There's also the movie that everyone right. knows of. Well, but when, when we say, when we say freaks, you know, we're talking about Coney Island. We know we're talking about sideshows. You know what the, the term freaks implies in that context. I just want to, I would hope. Lay it out hope. for those. Yeah, yeah no, I understand. Why. No, I totally get it. But yeah, like, like understand what the context is here. We're not saying that these people are freaks outside of the context of this show, but in the mm-hmm. show, this is a very specific thing. Um, uh, so like, and that's definitely, yeah. Any other sharps that you have? Um. So again, same as you, sets and costumes. Like another reason this thing couldn't transfer to Broadway is it's too expensive to run. I mean, look at those those sets and costumes. We couldn't, oh that would God. be insane. Um, I will say that I like a lot of the music um, out of context of the show. I love Till I Hear You Sing when that's sung well. Um, oh, again, going back to where did he steal music from? I will send you the video. So the, the title theme, Love Never Dies, there it's stolen from a couple of places. Number one, uh, the theme from the movie The Apartment. And um, there's a theme in Free Willy. What? There's, there's a YouTube video. I will send you the YouTube video. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, but that that song is very that that music is very lifted. Um, um, but but still, I I do like a lot of the music. And like I said, Beauty Underneath is like this guilty pleasure. You know, it's like it's on my playlists and it pops up and I I rock out to it. You know, and it's yeah. But that's that's all you can really say. The cast is amazing. The set design is amazing. The costumes are amazing, and some of the music really is beautiful. Um, everything else. Okay, so let's get into flats now. Yeah. Um, my first flat is for that one synth note throughout the whole goddamn show. That's to keep you remembering that what there's where this came from. I don't care. <laughs> Change it up. It's bum 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 ten long years. Sorry. Tony Island. That's not any that's not, but I had to say it. Um I also am flatting the fact that I had to rent this, um, that I had to give this money, that I had to give him money, that now Fair. this has four of my hard-earned dollars. Because I rented it. I didn't fucking buy it. Um, sometimes I buy these movies that I have to purchase on on places, but because I'm like, I'll watch it again, maybe. Right. This one, I was like, fuck you, I'm renting you. Because I, I don't... <laughs> I did buy it because it really is fun to watch drunk. Okay, and then it's a good drinking game, obviously. And then my last flat is for the show existing. I will take that. <laughs> I will take that. Like, as I know, there are some shows that people have done that we we all have done that one show where we're like, oh, yeah. 
I just need the money. Right. And look, look, if somebody uh, came up to me and said, do you want to play Christine and love never dies? I'd be, yes, give me the paycheck. I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not going to turn that down. No, um, we need the money, but I have a feeling that at least some of these people were like, are we sure? <laughs> I have to hope so. Cause I mean, like Sierra Boggess talks about it. Like it's the greatest thing ever written. Um, Granted, so she, I, she's probably I, getting paid to say that. I mean, she, well, I mean, she probably got paid a ton of money. Um, but yeah, I mean, my flats would be um, a lot of the lyrics. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> just, oh, God. Beneath the moonless sky, just so, oh, God. It's it's just cringy. Um, credit or credit, Stu, this is a full-blown opera, I yeah. feel like. Yeah. Fan yeah. of the opera is a musical, right? Like, yeah. it's not, like, this is, this one is more sung through. It's more sung through. It's, it's, I mean, it's more like thematically, it feels more operatic. Um, it's actually a harder sing for Christine than, than Phantom of the Opera, just because the, the tessitura of where it is is so high the whole time. And she doesn't sing as high as she does in Phantom, but so much of it is up high. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, credit where it's due for that. Yeah. But. but... <laughs> <laughs> but the, I mean, I mean that you, I, I, I like again, like credit where it's due. That you can sit there and sing, I've you, I've kissed you, and, and you can do that with like emotion, because like she is emotional, man. She is like in there, and she, you believe it. She is devastated. But you listen to those lyrics, and you're just like, oh my god, but why? Oh, but okay. why? I have, I have another superficial flat that I just thought of. Yeah, it's so superficial, and. I hate to even say it, but like I'm flatting the fact that they cast a lot of young people for this because mm. Christine looks like she's still nineteen oh, yeah. years old. They they look younger than the previous. Yeah, yeah, and like and you know one of the things you know we talk about. Well, we talked other- about in the second chance of the movie was uh-huh. Emmy Rossum, right? Created the new look for that, Christine. that really young look. But we talk about just like in theater in general, and, and there's been a lot of talk. People have been like, oh, I want to plus size Christine. I want to plus size. And I'm like, you know, I get that. I, I am of, and I get into some trouble for this. Christine is is a member of the Corps de Ballet in, in Phantom, and she has to look like she's in the Corps de Ballet. So she's got to be kind of similar size to all the other ballet girls. In this show, however, this is supposedly 10 years later. She supposedly had a child. She supposedly had this operatic career, not a dance career. She should be more Zoftig. She should be a little more... A little curvaceous. A little more curvaceous, a little more motherly. But even but even Meg looks like she's 12. She's, she looks older than Christine, though. Not really. Not the, a little bit. A little bit. But Raul looks like he is... 30 even though i think right. he's supposed to be 40 at this point or whatever yeah because like, he is like supposed should, to be older right than... yeah they they should both well they're they're fairly close in age but they should be mid-30s at least mm-hmm. no yeah wait yeah well if it's if it's 10 years and we're assuming christine was like what because like i said she's she's not kids she's not 18 she's not a teenager she's supposed to be 21 let that go she's got like 21 22 Okay, so we're we're you know, talking like thirty two so here. So she's like thirty two. He's like maybe two years older than her. Yeah, you know, and 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 we're also looking at he's 
apparently been drinking and gambling, so he probably looks even older. You know. Do it's- you do you think this is supposed to be a movie? Like like straight to movie, not a theater show? No. No, no. It, it was always meant to be. I, I think it might have done better as as an actual film. I was about to ask you that. Yeah. Cause I feel like um, I feel like as a movie, it might have been better. Because they yeah. were doing some creative stuff, at least in this pro shot, that I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, that would have been like you're 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 doing more filmic things. You're following mm-hmm. things around. You're playing with camera angles and all that. That would be cool if it was a movie, though, yeah. not a on stage. Yeah, because when I you're think... on stage, you're only limiting yourself to being on stage. Yeah, I think whoever directed this, whether. I think whoever directed this directed it with an eye to film rather than we're filming a stage production. I think both Simon Phillips who did the stage direction and Brett Sullivan, who I think did the actual like cinematography, the camera direction had at least a conversation because they, because they were like, okay, well we're going to do a filmed version. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, I, I think, I think it was, kind of filmed with the what well, I think you know they filmed it knowing they were going to do like a release in movie theaters Got it. so they did kind of film it with like a cinematic detail any other sharps any other flats any other anything I else? mean flats yes what do we say what do we what most I mean most everything I, and just just the character just the character development quote-unquote well the re- the regression of it yeah the regression just 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 the fact that so much of it feels like did you understand <laughs> the point of the first show did you understand that the end of the first show was him like learning to let go and move on and because he's not he's back where he was at the beginning and maybe even worse uh as far as like wanting to control and possess christine Worse because now he has minions. Yes, uh, he has minions, and at least they got rid of the sex doll. What? <laughs> uh, would you add so, any of the songs to your life's playlist? No, 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 no. <laughs> we're not going to. Like, no, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. We're good. We're just going to move on. We're going to. We're going to let it linger. Uh, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? I mean, so I've been singing the title song in its original lyric uh ever since it came out however many years ago that was 20 years ago um and oh gosh if you can find the uh, the uh, sumi joe recorded it in korean and it's gorgeous um well so the oh yeah the the title the title theme uh sumi joe recorded it in korean and it is absolutely gorgeous um cuz i was so reading that that sierra bajas Bogus? Bogus. Bogus. There was like a concept album that they did first with her. Yeah, so she's on the concept album. She's she's on the cat the only cast album that's out is the concept album, which is Sierra Bogus. See, and this is where the whole Riera thing started with Ramin and Sierra. Um because they uh, did the production and the cast album. Um got it. so like the music I, I I like um like I said, I like Till I Hear You Sing, I think is is a beautiful piece. Um, and yeah, Beauty on the Underneath is like my guilty pleasure. It's on my shuffle list and it pops you know, pops up and out of and, and I kind of roll my eyes and 
and laugh and dance along to it. Yeah. Out of the 30 <laughs> songs in this version, mm-hmm. I think I think it's uh, uh, the beauty underneath that what I would add because he got one right. He had it's a numbers game. He had to get one right. Right, right. Right. And I and again, I feel like though, if that was the music throughout, or majority of the music had that heavy, darker rocker synthy mm-hmm. vibe to it, it would have been a completely different show. It would have been, I think, it may have helped. It would have helped. I just I feel like there were ways to do a sequel that would not have been a rehash of the original show. Uh, a poor rehash of the original show with incredibly unlikable characters. Like, like, there's no one to root for in this show. The only person you can root for in this show is Christine, and you're rooting that she just walks away from both these guys, like, takes the kid and runs. Actually, like, that's the only thing to root for in this show. I mean, I was rooting for Meg to drown Gustav. Or, yeah, there is that, too. <laughs> the kid's annoying. <laughs> and on that note... Ariana, we're done with the episode. We did it. I am so exhausted after this episode, and I don't know why. (laughs) Because it's that bad. Uh, So, Ariana, what do you have to plug or promote? Well, I mean, you know, we've, like, passed Halloween, we've passed Christmas, and that's, like, my big time of year when I'm doing all the things. Uh, So now we're just back to focusing on what are we developing because we need to get a cabaret out we need to get some other things out and now now it's all works in development (laughs) are you still going to be doing glitter and be gay at 3 a.m at the clubs you you ask that like that's not what i just do every night i mean yeah would you it's would you do do you do love never dies at 3 a.m at the clubs i have there's that well it, it's the hardest slow to learn but that there is video of me on my tiktok uh doing that at, at a, a one of my what i do in piano bars at 4 a.m videos <laughs> i mean god bless you when when jason and i covered uh candide and we got I to was glitter so and be flattered gay. you guys oh my god thank you honestly um i think i said that in that episode if not i'll say it here like you used to do host an event, um, uh, tunes at Talia here, yeah. here in New York, where it was like an open karaoke, not a karaoke, but like an open mic night. Open mic of, piano bar, yeah. And I know I requested you to sing that few to the few times I went, <laughs> and you're like, fine, I guess. <laughs> I'm like, how many how many extra high notes can I put in it? And uh, yeah, no, that's. That that's my whole thing is let me give you alternate high notes that you didn't ask for <laughs> in everything. Just, my, I mean, I I option up at the end of back to before. I mean, come on. My favorite is is when the mic is down at your knee <laughs> <laughs> and you're belting those high high off this off the keyboard notes perfectly. Um. <laughs> It's just a stupid thing that I do, you know. Some, and please, somebody cast her. It. Somebody it's cast so, her in something. Oh God, somebody cast she'll in something. she'll sing Christine in this. Come on, I will sing. I will sing. I will sing. Lo- I will sing the actual lyrics to "Love Never Dies," and I don't like those lyrics either. For money, though, not for free. For money. And let me and let me tell you, life may be fleeting on high B flats. That's just evil. That's just wrong. <laughs> 
why would you do that? Uh, where can the good people find you? I am Lady Aria with an underscore at the end on both TikTok and uh, Instagram. That's probably the best way to keep up with me. Um, and if you, uh, if you could defend this, I'd love to hear it. Okay. I would, I would love to hear. No, no, not. Oh, you, no, no, yeah, I was going to say, because I'm not no, defending no, it. No, sorry. This is to the, this is now <laughs> to the listeners because I'm about to plug my socials. So if you, the listener can defend this, feel free, go ahead. Uh, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com, us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. Um, do you, th- <laughs> I can't believe I'm even going to ask this. Do you think this Please. is going to be turned into a trilogy? Ooh. Ooh, is Christine going to come back? Cause she's not dead. Cause oh nobody god. dies in this world. <laughs> oh my god. Not dead yet. Not <laughs> dead. Get to better. Uh, I did just see spam a lot. It was great. Go see it. Um, yeah, no, I, I kind of think. I feel like we're at the point with him where he's he's done with this. Not so much that he's even just done with this, but that he's more interested in doing new, interesting takes of his previous shows. Like we've got that sunset revival in London. Mm -hmm. We've got this, you know, this tats uh, taking place in in the the ball. I'm so fucking excited for that. Yeah, right. And. And the rumor, the rumor, and the person who brought this rumor, I don't really trust them or their sources. They tried to tell me that the Italian cast was coming to Broadway. I said, absolutely not. We were only told to be available for a year uh, <laughs> when we were auditioning. So, uh, no, that's not happening. Uh, but this person has come out with the rumor that uh, they are working on a fully immersive phantom of the opera with the producing team of sleep no more which will open in los angeles in the next few years i think that would be really cool um but like i said the 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 source uh i am not too trusting of um but it does it does kind of line up with what he seems to be doing with his properties right now i think he's I think at this point, I think he may be more focused on getting. He has because he has said he thinks immersive theater is kind of where we're going and like where things are headed. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Which, yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with, and I, I, I didn't see Sleep No More, but I did see this thing called Queen of the Night, which was the same kind of concept, and it was amazing. Um, so I think, I think he's a little more concerned with updating things with getting just new stop. interesting things i know i think he should just I stop i mean and have you know, and have he, does, he doesn't need i mean he doesn't need to ever do anything ever again like i said he's got more money than god he doesn't need he doesn't need to do anything phantom <laughs> is still running on the west his end retirement yes you um know? and if you want to be part of next episode's conversation well we're going back to classic hollywood everyone and we're talking about top hat Woo! uh ariana yes yeah did this go as you thought it was going to go? This Pretty episode? Much. Okay, great. Yeah, um, much, yeah. <laughs> thank you for coming back on. And, of course. And we've got plans with you in the future, so don't you I, worry, I, everyone. And nothing will be this terrible again. I, I, there's nothing that can possibly be this terrible. Well, we shall see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. If you can find something worse than this, I will applaud you. Well, we shall see. <laughs> Anyway, thank you everyone for listening and bye for now. Bye. 
Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.